Hello and welcome to the first Electric Culture podcast. In this episode, I spoke to a young film director and creative, Cecile Amik, as well as two actresses that feature in her recent film, Aki and Saltfish. The conversation was raw. Topics ranging from white supremacy being masqueraded as racism to patriarchy and misogyny, as well as ways of supporting the independent film industry. So, sit back and enjoy. I'm Cecile. I um, came up with Strollins. So I guess I direct, produce, film, edit, kind of everything for it. And uh, you yeah. two also featured in one of the ep- well, a couple of the episodes in Strolling. Yep, yep. Um, I had a Strolling on. Who we talked about? I talked about the Queen, um, weed, uh, religion. Artifacts. Artifacts. Stolen artifacts, Stolen artifacts uh, from Africa. Mm. They're slowly giving them back. Let's just note that down. Slowly. <laughs> not quick enough, though. Not no, quick enough. Not, at all. not publicly enough. Right. Where's a public apology? But yeah. There is one. Yeah. It's never going to come. Never. So. My name's Vanessa. I am one of the people that were featured in Strolling. In my episode, we discussed sex. Free condoms. Free condoms. See, you watch that. Um, free condoms. Um, uh, typecasting. Typecasting in the industry. Um, feminism. I suppose we touched on that. We also touched sexism. on touching sexism. Sexism. Rape well. culture. Rape culture. Yeah. Oh my god, that was important. You really went in. Went inside. Inside. Fake deep. <laughs> fake dragon of the fake deep guys. Fake deep. Yeah, we. Um, it was fun chat, boy. Fun chat. Yeah. So what made you go, okay, let's create a series? Why did you feel it was necessary to create a series called Strollin? I felt like a lot of people were out there that thought similarly to me, but might not necessarily have people around them that are similar to them. And you kind of feel alienated and like you're crazy. So I thought it'd be cool to create a series where we can kind of like affirm other people who are like-minded and might not necessarily have people around them like we do. to just kind of affirm things they think about that maybe aren't, that don't conform to like the status quo of like society. Mm. So, yeah. And what are people thinking about? For people who haven't seen any of the videos, what are people talking about? People talking about like gentrification, um, the racialization of gentrification, which is important. Um, feminism, rape culture, um, patriarchy, um, government systems, the monarchy, pretty much everything and anything that like just that is relevant to young people and that's like affecting people and how are you guys going to how are you going to go out and reach out for more people to be involved in these series or are you just keeping it between friends um at the moment right now i'm quite open so a lot of people who i don't know have like reached out and said i really want to be in it and i've like filmed a couple of people who i don't know personally the latest one with johnny i don't know i i met him because he wanted to we wanted to like collab and so he's in strong so I don't actually know him personally from before that. So um mm. yeah I'm quite open with people who want to do it. Um and yeah, kind of just whoever wants to be involved, I'm willing to like sit down with them and see if we can make it happen. But obviously it takes a lot of time to like film and edit and stuff, so I can't like do every single person who wants to do it, obviously. Yeah. But um yeah, I was just seeing how it goes, really. And that's something else I wanted to ask you about. How does the planning go for this? Because obviously it's a little well from watching it it seems like you're just getting answers out of people and it seems quite conversational 
how do you plan something like that is it planned? um i'm quite I really like things to be natural and not to like look or feel natural, but to actually be natural. So it really is just a case of me just like taking a camera and a microphone and just like going out with people and just talking to them. There's like a lot of footage that obviously doesn't go into it because it's just kind of us talking. Like these two will know, like we were out for like hours <laughs> talking, but it just only goes goes down mm, to like 10 minutes. Crazy. Um, so I think it's more from just actually trying to have a conversation as opposed to trying to make it look like you're having one. Race is something that comes up. Oh, yeah. Is that because <laughs> is why why did you feel race was relevant um, or so relevant? Because it seems like there's a lot of ethnic minorities in these videos at the moment, mm -hmm. or people that would be considered ethnic minorities. Why is that such a thing? I feel like um, people of color, especially well, the series is dedicated to people of the African diaspora, um, so that's how it's probably always going to remain. Mm. Um, that is because for me personally, a lot of people I know you often there's not really a place for us to discuss these kind of things and like have a voice um and i just wanted to create that basically i feel like we deserve it we're entitled to one um so yeah i feel like there's a lot of things out there which are meant to be a voice for young people but often we're like erased from that and we're not a part of it or it's like certain people who have views that aren't representative of a lot of people just kind of wanted to create our own space really yeah you guys are nodding are there any like is there anything that you feel is that isn't spoken about because of race or because of gender or well, in, in in general in general um i feel i feel like uh strolling was important because most of what we see on our tv screens and on different online shows isn't really a, a good representation of us as a people as like young young people of colour in London. Mm. So I felt like I feel like, yeah, strolling is important because it gives it it does provide that space where there's no stereotyping, there's no you have to be this way. Like everyone that's been on strolling gets to be completely themselves and speak what's on their minds and there's no kind of filter, there's no censorship. It's just it's just real. It's the realest thing I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I feel as I've got to say, like, yeah, when it comes to the t topic of race, I feel like a lot of people are really, really scared to speak openly. I found that with a lot of my friends, we'll have really frank conversations yeah. and we'll talk in the same terms we talk in strolling. But then when it comes to like public spaces, like they're just really. I mean, I don't think people are necessarily consciously afraid, but I think people are just like, well, you can't say that there. You can't say that like on Twitter. You can't say that online. You can't say that. At your job you can't say that and it's just like why it's how people feel it's the truth people aren't lying it's how people feel so i just feel like it was really important to have a space where people can actually be honest for once um i feel like maybe a lot of people of color can relate to like when you have to go to a job or to work you have to kind of like adopt like Present. double consciousness and yeah. like pretend like certain things don't bother you when they do which is what a lot of people talk about in the series because it's just reality so i think it was really important because we need to be able to like talk about these things because they happen like we're not people aren't making like people haven't just imagined racism like it's yeah. real so i think it's important because there isn't a space where people can talk frankly about it there's there just isn't yeah i i was i really wanted to i was really flattered to be asked to to, to ask to be interviewed anyway and um what made me really think about it was that i was like wow i actually have loads of things to say and i think the reason why i have loads of things to say is because I've been silenced for so long. Never had anywhere mm -hmm. to say it. And not even being aware that I'm actually being silenced, like thinking that it's okay to actually just be like, 
mm, well, I'm just going to keep it to myself because that is just how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I was just like, do you know, actually, I do have things to say. I'm really annoyed at this. I don't understand why this happens. I don't understand why people see me this way. I don't understand why everyone's really PC about certain things and not PC about certain things. I, don't, I just, it, it was just, I think I was just very frustrated. And it, the great thing about strolling was that it's a platform to, yeah, to be real because and, and a rewarding thing about it has been the response that I've been getting has a lot of it has been oh my god I feel that way too oh my god I can't believe you you, you think that or you said that yeah you feel that as well and I'm like uh-huh yeah. it is a, it's a real mm, thing it's, good. it's a real thing hey if it's okay to play a little clip of yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna play it so condoms are free and not taxable and the fact that tampons are, I mean, that just solidifies that it's a man's world. It makes me as a woman feel that my value is in sex because I can't help my period. <laughs> I don't understand why I have to pay for it. It definitely is on purpose, 100%, 100%, 1 million, billion, billion percent. It hurts. My self-esteem is constantly questioned as a woman and it may be something really small like a tampon or a pad or whatever but I'm having to pay to live. I have to pay to be a woman but a man doesn't have to pay to be a man. But I can fuck for free. Really? Sucks man. Yes, yes. So that was a little clip from strolling there. Tell them. them I really loved that episode. It was just real. It was very real. Thank you. And I like that. And as well, sort of, do you feel like there's a a change in this generation, though? I imagine you'll say no, in terms of the amount of respect guys have for women. Ah, Jesus. It depends. It really depends. I don't want to put every guy in. What does it depend on? Because... Some people was, are very happy in their relationships. That's very true, but, but she's found an I've exception. I've been through it. Like, yeah. so I'm not in like some bubble world where I feel like that's the, that's an exception, not the rule. Like mm-hmm. patriarchy mm-hmm. is the rule. Mm-hmm. Patriarchy is definitely the rule. God damn. I feel like- It's ruled by misogyny. Uh, yeah, men, a lot of men just do not respect women at all. I don't, I guess it's hard to like speak in general terms because being a black person, you can only talk about your experiences. And like in my life, I've been mainly around black men and black men just like disrespect black women on a next level. Um, and I feel like, it, I feel like that's, that's something we definitely talk about in strolling because I feel like Vanessa's one was, um, she talked about sexism in general, but she was very particular about who she was talking about, which I think was so important because I feel like a lot of black women get silenced because they're scared because oh I can't insult black men that means like mm. then we're not all unified mm. and that's something that happens a lot and it's happened for so long like that's that's why like people like Angela Davis don't want to be part of the Black Panthers because mm-hmm. they silence black women like and it's like 2014 mm-hmm. the same thing's happening just in like people's everyday lives um do you think, think it's, it's just black men though no I don't think so I think patriarchy crosses all mm-hmm. creeds religions mm-hmm. colors mm-hmm. but um Again, can you talk from my experience? And like, mm-hmm. I, most of my life it's been for me personally. Mm-hmm. Like, like Vanessa, so I agree with Vanessa, like most of the abuse I've ever um, suffered has been at the hands of black men. Yeah. I feel like it's important to talk about just because there's that additional layer of race, which makes you feel like you have to be quiet because if you're not quiet, then you're letting down the, 
the black, the black team. The That's black what you said, like the black, black team. team. And it's like, um, yeah. Whereas like other people, like women who aren't of color, can probably maybe talk about it a lot more freely because men means white men, or, mm-hmm. or I mean, it's, it's more yeah. men. Man. Yeah. man. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to explain, yeah. Yeah. but I feel like it's very important. To talk about. And in what situations do you feel like you've been put down by guys, black men? Time. Much time how much work? time do you Every have day. <laughs> like an example yeah. uh where was i i think i was in new york so black men worldwide oh, <laughs> Girl, i was in i was in new york and i just walked into a club uh you know i was feeling good it's my mm. first night out and some guy stops me he's like yo you're beautiful and i'm like oh thank you and he's like nah for real i don't say that if i don't mean it but you're beautiful and i'm like okay thanks and he goes like yeah, for a dark skin girl, you're gorgeous. And I was like, but I'm not dark skin. I'm just, I'm just brown. He's like, nah, you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. So I walked away because I don't know what you mean. <laughs> no, what does, what does that mean? Like, oh. like microaggressions, like every day. Every just, day. Why? Why? Sorry. Sorry. It's, no, why? it's ridiculous. Like it's insane. Explain. Explain. Like, do you know? Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? It's like asking a fish to explain what it like water is it's like every okay. day so it's like hard to, i mean i can think of so many examples and just yeah. reel them off but it's like i want to be here all day um give a couple okay let's think um, where do we start it's like how um, do we go to the extreme or do we start with like the baby because ones? there's going to be people here that are listening that are thinking don't, what no. are you talking about yeah. okay um what's the question like examples of like abuse oh my god we were from, just talking about one from, before we came in from, like. from black men <laughs> yeah okay so <laughs> it's just it's a hard thing isn't it because a lot of the time they they're not even aware of what they're doing so for example they'll they'll, they'll put us they'll put women against each other mm. in regards to our the tone of our skin our so curves if if you don't our have hair. if you don't have you know loads of curves you're not womanly enough if you mm-hmm. have too much curves you're too much of a woman yeah like this whole especially this whole new like um thing of like I'm trying to look like kim kardashian i'm over it like, yeah okay and then now they've shifted to like you have to be afrocentric girls poetic justice braids like erica Badu, head braids, wraps, da, 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 da. Yeah. and they think it's okay and this is my thing it's like they think it's liberating so you'll get these like fake d guys on twitter like posting pictures of girls and head wraps and like the pizza and afros and they're like oh we're good pe-, like oh like black women black women but what they don't Jeez. understand is they've just shifted like the binary before you want us mm. all to have long hair and like big bums and like really curvy and wear certain clothes and now you want us to wear head wraps and still be curvy and whatever but do you know what I mean like yeah. they just shifted it like it's not like they've people have now gone you know what we were being oppressive in terms of your beauty standards now we accept everything they're mm. now saying no 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 I don't like I don't like weave you're dead like now I want this <laughs> no but it's true like, and it's, it's like true. it's not empowering that's it's just not. as oppressive it's, it's just mm. under the guise of like pro-blackness and it's really oppressive these are the same guys that will say um i love women and i respect women but really it's not women that you respect you love and respect sex and (laughs) (laughs) you love and respect sex Mm -hmm. um and that's the only reason why you have anything to do with me because i i have those two things Mm -hmm. i have i have sex i have a vagina so therefore okay you're good to go yeah but that's it's not the same as love and that's not the same as respect here's like, liking me for yeah. being a woman yes I'm, th- I'm like the examples come into my head now so for mm. example when i have braids in mm. um or like a head wrap on i'll get guys like sister like all this like sistrin queen queen i've then i've cut my hair now i have like very short hair but before my hair was long and like curly when I'd go with my with my hair out naturally, I've had men come up to me and try to school me about weaves. Sister, you shouldn't be wearing weaves. Bad for you. Like this is my hair. 
(laughs) because they have an idea what a black woman's meant to look like yeah or if i have my hair straightened it's like oh you hate yourself or do you know what i mean like and like i'm Mm -hmm. sure you guys have experienced the same thing when you wear a weave or if you have your hair straight it's like you hate yourself but if i have my hair in braids then i'm like respectable it's like they want you to prescribe like respectability politics in terms of your look yeah they want you to look the way they want you to look policing your hair policing your bodies um, I mean, I'm sure we all in university had that, ex- or like whatever you are, that experience where like boys um, would um, like rank girls in terms of how many people they've been with. Like, oh, she's a slut because she slept with so and so. It's like, yeah. Why? You, why do you have to police women's sexuality? Like, women aren't allowed to have sex. Like, it's ridiculous. I remember being in university, and it's like I couldn't articulate it then because mm. I just couldn't. Mm. But I understood that. Um, if you were sexually free, then you got less respect. Mm-hmm. And so I just literally didn't want to talk to anyone. I, I didn't want to have anything to do with anyone. I remember guys would come up to me and be like, oh, Emma, yeah, like, you're a good girl. You're not like the rest of them. And it's like, they had to put other people down mm-hmm. to prop me mm-hmm. up. And I was like, mm-hmm. but that's not a compliment. That's like a benevolent, mm-hmm. that's like benevolent sexism, mm-hmm. like benevolent, benevolent, like, insults. I don't know, like, it's like, they always pit people against each other, whether it's sexuality or it's like how much makeup you put on, mm-hmm. or it's how you do your hair, mm-hmm. or how much you read, or what you <laughs> eat, or exercise. The makeup one, like, I remember seeing a girl from my college um, the other day. I was with one of my male friends, mm. and this girl she has amazing skin anyway. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I pointed. I was like, Oh, there's my. I used to go to college with her, and he's like, Ah, oh, she's a cake face. And I had to stop why? him. I went, Why is she a cake face? And he's like, She wear too much makeup. I and said, That's actually is- her skin, you know. Like she's not wearing makeup at all. She she doesn't wear makeup. I, ever since I've known her, she's never wore makeup. She's actually that beautiful. And he was like, Oh, oh, rah, really? But it's but just even ridiculous if she did, because yeah, exactly. Makeup, so. And this is the thing. It's like it's the reason why it's abusive to black women is because it doesn't happen the other way around. No one's pressuring all black men to grow dreadlocks or everyone exactly. to have an afro. Yeah. Some man's had level one since they were born. <laughs> Some man don't know their hair texture. Listen, my boyfriend has like long, like grows his hair and it's like long. And he has black men coming up to him like, oh fam, what'd you do to your hair? Why is it curly like that? He's like, that's how my hair grows. Like, no, mm. it's not. And it's cause they've never grown their hair. They don't mm. know what their own hair mm. looks like. Yeah, but then they'll come to girls and say like, you can't wear weave. You can't, re- you can't relax your hair. You can't do this, yeah. you can't do that. But it's like, no one's forcing them to grow dreadlocks. No one's forcing them to like- Grow a high top. Grow, yeah. And then, then Listen, we know the secrets. Some of them texturize their high tops, you know, to make it like, like less. We know that. the secrets. They think we don't know, but we know. <laughs> we um, it's very true. But yeah, like, and it's like that's why it's it's a it's a one way relationship. Like they're policing black women. No one's telling black men black men how to dress. Yeah. No one's telling them how much to have sex. Like, no one's feel, telling them what to do. I feel like we, as like women, we just accept what they are, who they are, you know, how they come, like. Maybe skinny, what type of, fat, skinny, muscly, fat, you know what I mean? People, sure. we're like, okay, cool, that's you in it. Do you, boo boo? But mm-hmm. don't tell me that I'm short, so I should wear this, and yeah. I, I should do my hair this way, or. But there is a video. One of the episodes on strolling mm-hmm. uh, features Abraham. Is his name? Yes. Black feminist. Yeah. Um, do you feel like there is pressure for guys to act that way because of their peers? To act like they're feminists. To act like they're not feminists to sort of be yeah, against 100%. I think if you're a guy and you're like in a group of friends, it must be like um, really hard to like come out that way of thinking because it's so normalized. Like, mm. I think it's hard to even really understand because we're not men, but from what people have told me, like from when you're like 12, like you're at school watching porn every day and like you're talking about women a certain way, and that's just the way it is from like, don't know, like primary mm. school. 
Um, so obviously I don't know the ins and outs of what it's like to be a guy, but from what I've heard, it's like, it must be really hard to like 10 years later be 22 or 23 and try and break out of that like patriarchal mentality yeah. that's driven into you from things like that. Obviously there's, it's a lot more complex than that. Um, I think it must be really hard um, to, to like, do that. Yeah, to um, be with your friends, like, you know, like how guys get together and then they ha- have their stories of, oh, you did yeah. that, oh my mm. God. Instead of like being that one that's gonna pull them up and be like, bro, why are you disrespecting the women like this? Like, that's a girl that you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna ruin her for someone else. Yeah, I know. I know. Abraham has had a lot of like criticisms from mm. other men from in, that video, or yeah, and just in life, just when he like says like when he kind of like speaks out. And I think it must also be hard as well because um, patriarchy like teaches men that's like how they naturally are, and mm. like, they're naturally meant to like mm-hmm. act in certain ways. So mm-hmm. I feel like it must also like mentally, you must feel like there's always like a little voice like you're not really like this mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know you wanna like, do you know what I mean like it must you must always have that little voice in your head telling mm-hmm. you like oh this is all fake you're just doing this to like control people even more so I think it must be really I don't I obviously don't know I'm not a man but like it mm-hmm. must be really hard I imagine but it's even harder for women who are on the other end of it <laughs> so yeah. have you a question that uh, I want to ask you guys have you uh, seen the dear white people thing yeah, oh, yeah. I've I want to see I want to see it so I got tickets for Sunday really? so I'm really excited yeah it's at the Hackney Picture House really is it yeah yeah because I tried to I get for the BFI it sold, but it sold out and then they released like more tickets oh they did that on the slide that's rude <laughs> <laughs> proper rude Hackney Picture House yeah 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 what time well, are you gonna like sneak that. into the cinema? If there's tickets, I'm gonna see if there's more tickets. Yeah, see, oh, I don't know what time it's like <laughs> evening or Sunday, anyways. Yeah, Sunday. I'm gonna go see that. I'm excited. Mm. I really wanna watch that. Because I did think there was um, a little bit of like crossover in terms of theirs, theirs is a bit more comical. Um, but they still cover kind of serious issues. Let's talk about Aki and Saltfish. Yeah. Why Ooh. did you call it Aki and Saltfish? Who called it Aki and Saltfish? Me. Why? I wrote it. Um, and yeah, I called it Aki and Saltfish because have you? Oh, you haven't seen the film, have you? No. Okay, yeah. Well, if you see the film, it's quite obvious why it's called Aki and Saltfish. But um, because that's what the the plot and the story is um, centered along. They both want Aki and Saltfish. That's why it's called Aki and Saltfish. Yeah. Why do they want Aki and Saltfish? We just want we'll it to Sunday. We'll do, that's what you Sunday. have on a Sunday. <laughs> the dumpling, Aki and Saltfish. <laughs> a bit of plantain. Uh, your feeling. <laughs> but I forgot to soak. The yeah, yeah, Rachel forgot to oh, soak no. it. Damn. And it's not the same if you get out of that tin, like, that's not what you want to do. You want to no. soak it the night before. Yes. Right. So, mm. yeah, they want saltfish. Okay, okay. you guys, I'm going to play a little bit of that trailer as well. Here it is. Oh, wow, attitude. Okay, let's do this. Just letting you know. Right, okay, raw. Boys' names beginning with? With M. Go on. Michael. Really? Really? I really can't think of anyone. What other name is there other than Michael? Mark, Matthew. You know some different kind of guys, but Malachi, Malcolm. Alright, okay. I need a comment. That's what I want. I want comment. Like, ooh, just like ooh. one nice, sexy, bald-headed man. Do all names beginning with O. Okay, all names. Omari. Oscar. Olivia. That took you a while. You were looking. I know. At me. I know. I know. Sorry. His beard. Mm. He's an impressive beard. He's I've never sexy. seen a beard like that. Can we do me? S? Can we do S? S is simple. Okay, fine. Sounds a little bit of a, a <laughs> flavour of the trailer there. <laughs> Explain to me about the characters. Um, Olivia and... So, uh, how do I how do you describe them? Mm. Olivia is um, very pro-black. She's very... Um, 
She's like conscious. I feel like yeah. they're quite similar though. I feel like Olivia and Rachel are like quite similar, but I feel like Rachel, I feel like Olivia has hope and Rachel doesn't. So I feel like they're both quite like educated and they're very like witty and they understand the way the world works. But I feel like Olivia is a lot more like, I don't know if it's naivety, I think she's just more like, things can change and Rachel's just a bit like, uh, okay, yeah, we know. Yeah, you know. Olivia's still stuck in like her young revolutionary mindset yeah. and she hasn't, she's yet to get to the point where she's like, all lost, all hope is lost. They're like a little old couple who've like become the same and like <laughs> always bicker. Um, I feel like they're two extremes. I feel yeah. like, and and yeah, I feel like they're, they're almost the two sides of the one, same thing. Of, yeah, the same coin, yeah. yeah. That's what I feel like. Yeah. That's funny. It kind of reminds me of two old ladies. Um, yeah. Like just kind of having a natter on the high street or whatever. <laughs> um, can you connect any of those sort of similarities between those two characters in the friendship groups you guys had growing up? Is there any connection? Growing up? Or uh, like now even? Yeah, growing up, no. But yeah, now yeah. in my life, there's... Actually, is there any... I'm trying to think if I have an Olivia in my life. I don't <laughs> don't know. Maybe I'm the Olivia. <gasps> Oh. Maybe I'm the Rachel. Oh, Ooh. depends what. I don't know. It depends it on the day. <laughs> it depends on the day because I feel like within our friendship group, we on any given day, mm. one of us could be Rachel, one of us could be Olivia. But we do we do actually discuss like being angry all the time. But like no one's got time to wake up with anger every day. Like yeah, we understand the world's a messed up place. There's a lot of things that need to be done. But really, I'm just trying to watch Grey's Anatomy right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's how it is. Sometimes and you do watch Grey's Anatomy as I well. I do, I watched it last night, it was so good. <laughs> Have you guys always been into acting for comedy or do you do other things, more serious things? When I when I was in um, college and when I went to drama school, um, I always found doing the sadder sort of more emotional side to that a lot more easier for me. Just because I think I could, I, it was a lot easier for me to tap into sad emotions. That sounds really sad, but just in, it was just very easy. I found it more very cathartic. Mm. And as I've got older, I've realised I'm actually quite funny. Mm. I'm, I'm quite, quite a lot. Quite hilarious you are, I think. I, I think I'm quite hilarious too, babe. So um, as time's gone on, I've, I've um, I, I, yeah, I've, I think I'm, I'm kind of funny-ish, sort of, maybe. <laughs> I've always Sometimes. wanted to be funny. Mm. Like, I remember in primary school, we did, like, you know, the little plays and we always had to audition in class. Mm. And I always just wanted to be funny, but my class never laughed. Mm -hmm. And then I discovered sarcasm sarcasm in year six and oh. they laughed for the first time. And I was like, right, I've got That's it. So <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. got it. And then as time went on, I think I tried to do, like, serious things, but they just didn't come as naturally to me. Mm. Um, just trying to be sad and, like, wasn't really working. So I always went for like the goofy roles or the comedic roles and I think those kind of suit me well. I'd like to do something serious one day though. You're very capable of doing that. Definitely could do that. Of course you can. Of course you can. Why did you guys feel it was necessary to create Aki and Saltfish? Um, I don't know. I just wanted to tell a story. It was based on like a real experience I had. Um, and I just wanted to create characters that are actually relatable. I really, I honestly can't think of a character on anything that I've fully related to. Like I can relate to aspects of characters, but I have never seen a character that like looked anything like me or came from the same kind of background as me, mm -hmm. had the same accent as me. Do you know what I mean? Like I've I've seen a lot of like African American representations that mm -hmm. kind of I can relate to, but mm. 
it's very different mm-hmm. being British and being Caribbean or being, you know, Afri- um, if you're like um, African. Um, so yeah, I wanted to create something that was very relatable and very relevant. Because um, I just don't think it exists, like honestly, to be honest. Especially um, if it does exist, it's normally um, for like young black men. It's never really, you never really get like yeah. a plot that's centered around black women. And if it is, it's always like Sex in the City esque. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I just feel like, mm. well, I don't really, I don't really sit at home and like sip wine out of like glasses with like five friends and like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, we're just normal people. I don't know. <laughs> what do you do? Then? Yeah. What do you do? No, like, what was it based on? We, <laughs> <laughs> we sit, and drink, we sit and drink wine with <laughs> like five friends. We live the Sex in the City life. Um, That's joking. right. Um, <laughs> wait, so it was the question. What do we do? What do you do? Live, um, like, yeah, we just live like, like we live we, pre-normal lives. Yeah, we just exp- like we. Uh, well, what, just what anyone, do, what any other Londoner does. Yeah, you know, we yeah. go to the cinema. We go to the shops. We go to the theater sometimes. We go out and party sometimes. Sometimes we stay home, read books. You know, yeah. just it's Every normal day. everyday stuff. Like everyone does it, but no one ever shows black women doing, doing that, that yeah. like we all there's always got to be some kind of drama or we've got to be doing our weave or our hair or our nails yeah, yeah like, it's but... always some kind of drama or something quite materialistic or superficial yeah. about characters that are shown um women of color that are shown on tv or there's or there's some kind of ridiculous flaw like they have like the worst self-esteem even though they've got like the greatest job and i'm like that doesn't that, that, that could yeah. be real but i don't i can't relate anymore you totally ruined the story it's like there has to be something yeah Yeah. i just can't think of anything like on tv i can't think of anything with like black british women apart from like well like kiddlehood uh they had uh what was it little miss jocelyn yeah but that's like that's like um you know did you guys find that funny or not i mean it's very (laughs) sometimes it's easy comedy isn't it when you play on a stereotype and it's about that easy comedy it's also like haha african accent that's so funny why is that funny like that's people's accent is not funny i feel like it's really lazy and it's just like it's kind of offensive like no it is offensive like it's it's (laughs) It's very offensive offensive, like just by someone doing an african accent um and african like what does that even mean that's also another problem Uh, um mm -hmm. but people doing like a west like a nigerian accent or ghanaian accent like it's automatically funny and it's like why is this funny? Like, yeah. it's not actually, I just think it's easy. Or it's, even people would, would used to be, the people would say something like, we've got a character, but we're gonna make her funny. Let's give her an accent. And yeah. it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, I just think playing on stereotypes yeah. is like lazy and it's not really funny, it's offensive. And also it's like really um, like boring. Like it's not, I just read it, it's find it funny. It's not original. It's like, like really lazy. Anyone can do that. Like, mm. just like make I fun break. of everyone. That's, jokes like mm. it's damaging as well i think it normalizes um really problematic behaviors i think when you play on stereotypes so for example if you have a show where it's like there's an african lady and she's talking to Afri- um and she's a nigerian woman and she's talking a nigerian accent and it's like haha she's so funny mm-hmm. um it normalizes in your everyday life now that whenever you see a person who has a nigerian accent that like they're like less mm-hmm. intelligent or like they're mm-hmm. not serious or what they're saying is unimportant mm-hmm. i feel like lazy comedy that plays on negative and false stereotypes mm-hmm. normalizes yes. behavior like it has a real life consequence spud, mm-hmm. spud it spud it spud, <laughs> spud. <laughs> yeah listen like it's just it's damaging um the same way we see loads of depictions of like black men 
as like thugs and criminals and gangsters on estates that normalizes the view that people have of black men and therefore people get shot by the police and then nothing happens mm. because people it it gets ingrained into like your mentality in ways you don't know like we all just think it's funny but i think it has a real life consequence and maybe it's not like a direct one like you don't watch a show and think okay i saw kiddlehood that means every black boy is a gangster but it does affect the way you see things i mean there's actually been studies done i remember i read something once when after um what's that film with the sharks called the sharks no um jaws or something like that one you know that big that really famous oh jaws i think it's jaws Jaws. yeah there was like a study done (laughs) shark tail please michelle please You said sharks. Yeah, That's my um, woman. But yeah, there was. I remember I read somewhere once that after that film came out, like yeah. so many less people went to the beach and stuff. And it's like, obviously, you watch that film, you know it's not real, but like it had a real life consequence. And that's mm. just the reality. And I think we have constant representations of black people in certain ways, and it affects the way we. Well, it definitely affects the way pe- white people who live in like some little village that don't have black people that see people. Very, Do you know what I mean? True. Like you have a show on BBC that's like playing on stereotypes and there's like a little old white lady in the village who's never met a black person before. Mm. Like, I, I don't know, that, it's just actually. damaging. Um, I was uh, doing my, oh, I can't remember what it was. It was a couple of years ago. I was doing, um, I was working with uh, the National Youth Theatre. And so there was like people from all over the UK there. And there was a couple girls and I think they were from like, a really small village like up somewhere far (laughs) somewhere far and like they came and they were just like oh my gosh like I've never been around this many black people before and I'm just like I'm sorry what she's like there's no black people in my village and she's like I was actually quite scared to come to London because of the thing because I saw I saw things on like adulthood and all these other things and she was just like and top boy she's like I got a little bit scared and I was like there's no need to be scared, darling. We are we're normal human, human beings. beings. We don't. Human beings. Not everyone carries like a flipping knife in their jacket pocket, yeah. like or like drugs in it's their so boxes. It's so ridiculous, and we have to ask ourselves why people like the BBC and Channel Four, like why that's the only thing they'll put on TV. And um, <laughs> the last, like literally, the last thing that I've seen that wasn't like that was the Real McCoy, which literally came on when we went alive, which is like mm. ridiculous. Yeah. And we have to ask ourselves, like, why do they insist on only showing... It's like every show that has black people in it is like, it's either, it's either like Little Miss Jocelyn, Lenny Henry show where it kind of like plays on stereotypes or, or it's like a state, like a remix of some kind of estate drama or comedy. Or it's, uh, you know, shows based like in Nigeria or somewhere in Africa, but it's like the poor side, like the really poor side. Oh, right, yeah. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, Nigeria okay, I've had money. a really bad experience with that. I went to... a. I, I feel like I should just bait out the name. I went to a thing at the National Theatre and um, and it was like a workshop with a really, I won't mention her name, but it was like a really famous director. And we we basically were doing a workshop about an African story, quote unquote, African erotic tale, which was obviously written by a coloniser. Like anyway, I won't even get into it. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like, and I was the only person of color. I was the only black person in the room mm-hmm. and I, was, I think I was one of the only people that was actually from London even though this was a workshop from people in London but all these people have obviously moved to London yet weren't moaning about immigrants anyways um anyways sorry I'm just saying like we're moaning yes. about immigrants but like everyone in that room was from Bristol and like Bath and anyway Bristol that's where they were from um yeah and people in that room we read the story and then when we had to like feedback people were saying the most insane things about Africa. Like one person said, oh um, in Africa, 
people commit incest very openly. It's very open. Pardon? No, so I think no, this story, like, no, I won't, I won't go into what the story is about, but it's like, I think this story is about this father trying to what? Um, reduce temptation of like wanting to like be with his daughter. Okay. Because mm-hmm. African people commit incest. Someone mentioned something about HIV Boy. and AIDS. Nope. Um, there wow. was a moment where we had to like walk around the room. Um, and like it's like a theater thing so like yeah. walk around the room an activity walk around the room okay walk around the room and embody the characters people started jumping and flailing their arms because the, the characters were African huh? Pe- <laughs> we had to then oh she God, gave wow. us like props and was like okay like create like a I don't know like an outfit one of people getting feathers hair. sticking them in their hair <laughs> Bro. Like just all this, I mean, it's like it's really problematic. Like, why would you pick that to do? And then it was just really for me, it was traumatizing that there's a, there's a big woman, there, a big adult who's a famous, well-known, established director, and people are saying these things, and she's not correcting them. Like, it's so offensive. Oh. Like, I literally, it was a it's a three-day workshop. Only a few people got to go. It was like a really big opportunity. I didn't go back. I sent a long email saying why it was mm. offensive and not coming back. I met Spug. with the director after. She like apologized oh my gosh, like, I can't understand now why it's so offensive, I'm so sorry. But it's like, it's traumatising, we shouldn't have to go through those experiences, and that's why I'm saying these... And that that was something that was going to go on to be put in the National, not like a full play, but it was like, it was going to be like a little performance for the new... Um, there's a new part of the National Ladies Open. So that was going to... Yeah. That, that workshop that we were doing was going towards making something for people to see. And I'm saying that, like, that has a real-life implication. That's how those people think, and they were going to create... And then they're going to go and create that. And it's just, I just think it's ridiculous. Um, I think it's naive to think that representations of black people don't have a real life implication and that they don't come from people's real life kind of... If you're gonna, rep- if you're gonna like show representations of black people, why wouldn't they be real? Like, and, what, why, okay, and this why is the thing. Mm. She was like to me, to I remember that. I had like, I met up with her and she was like really apologetic and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, okay, um, it's fine. Like <laughs> trying to be nice about it, but also just like, this would never happen to you. Um, but anyways, mm. um, she was like, how can we stop this from happening again? And I kind of basically was like, well, if, if I told that story, if I was doing something, I wouldn't offend people because like I'm black, like I'm, obviously of African descent so I just wouldn't offend myself doing something so it's kind of like the bottom line is like don't tell other people's stories and I remember saying that to her and she kind of looked at me like kind of like well that's not gonna happen do you know what I mean (laughs) it's like well why can't you not and I think um but I think it's sad though because sometimes these representations that are damaging are being written by black people but it's only because they've learned that's the only Mm -hmm. thing that's gonna get put Mm -hmm. on tv Mm -hmm. um and also because racism is something that can be internalized um, some of the biggest white supremacists are like black people do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. it's like a huge issue and it's like so ingrained um, what would make broadcasters do you think put something up like strolling or Aki and Saltfish <laughs> what would make them change their minds uh, demand most probably demand probably because we mm. um, strolling isn't censored There, there's no filter and mm. we're there's no chance of a filter ever going to be placed there. Like it's an open space to be as real as you want without any kind of, you know, reprimands or anything. So unless there was like some kind of crazy demand uh, for broadcasters to put it on their TV, mm. <laughs> I, think it's I don't think it would happen because it's just a little too, it's a little raw. too honest, a little too raw for them. They would, they'd be scared of like, what are the other people that aren't? of colour gonna say oh, oh oh we're in trouble they don't want to put that on TV they that's the bottom line they don't, why would they want to put that on TV you know, it's too empowering yeah. yeah it's too honest it's too real why would they want to put that on their TV they want you to watch like Top Boy and like what 
(laughs) What did you you guys think of um, kid adulthood and adulthood? Because you guys mentioned it briefly earlier. When it came out, (laughs) kid out. When it came out, it was at the time where that was, um, you know, the culture. That was how things were going. Like, yeah, people. I didn't know any. Like my none of my boy, I don't have a boyfriend that was a drug dealer and he didn't die in a fight or he wasn't in a gang, anything like that. But you know, it was that was the culture. So at the time, it wasn't anything that you could say was offensive. But looking back now, you're kind of like, yeah, but there's other narratives, there's other stories. I think like, the issue yeah. is that's the only narrative that we ever get told, like yeah. black people in the states. And like Michelle said, a lot of us like didn't grow up in a state. Mm. People mm. do, but I just think it's interesting. It's it's like Chimamanda always talks about like the da- the danger of the single story narrative, and that's yes. what it is. Black people always impoverished, always impoverished. Can't say the word on estates, <laughs> selling drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just like it's dangerous, and it's like why is that always the story? Um, there's always violence involved as well and I'm just like not yeah. all of us live violent lives like some of us just keep it calm I just think are, are we not bored are people it's not boring. bored are people not bored you know kid out, kid out it, like, came out when like I was I don't know like 2000 and like I was I was I remember I was 14 seven. because I pretended to be 15 to get into it and it was rated 15 <laughs> and I dressed so, up so like how old are we now like what is that like nearly 10 years later and then all we have is like youngers and top boys it's like remixes of kid adulthood. I just think it's so mm. boring and unimaginative and, and it's incorrect and it's i think it's like also acknowledged like it's purposefully done like yeah. there's, there are people who are writing probably different things just not getting mm-hmm. put out you can't like th- because okay you gotta look back we had the real mccoy has anyone seen the mm-hmm. real mccoy before mm-hmm. the real mccoy was so good and they didn't give they didn't care like they went inside they were so honest like i've seen episodes where they were talking about like um whitewashing of cultures and stuff but like it was a comedy it was a comedy show basically if you guys mm-hmm. haven't seen it. it's yeah. a comedy show it was like skits Real Queen is a comedy show of like skits. Um, it's really, really funny. It was so good. It was so good. Um, it's interesting actually. They won't they won't release the DVD, the DVDs of it, which is also interesting. Why won't you release the DVD? Why not? Yeah. Apparently, mm. there's not enough demand. It was a prime time BBC show, so like it came on probably like after EastEnders or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was mm. a prime time show on BBC. It wasn't on BBC Three. It wasn't online. Like it was <laughs> it was a big show. And it's interesting that like Dad's Army's on DVD and all these other things on DVD, but you can't put Real McCoy. It's interesting. Anyways, don't know what's about. Um but the Real McCoy was a little it was like skits and it was so funny. Um and it and it showed so many nuances of the black experience. It was really, really good and um it was really funny and it wasn't lazy, it did not play on stereotypes. Um, and it also was um, it commented, it like it commented on society, but not in a, like a preachy way, just in an interesting way. Like it wasn't dumb comedy. Like it was intelligent and it was funny. We don't have that anymore. We don't have Desmonds anymore. We don't have the Roma Coy anymore. So now we, I just think, no, you but have that's to, it. That's all. That's it. That's, that's, that's it. That's, that's all we've got. And it's like that's ridiculous. And we have to Can look like how many years later, we, yeah. all we can get is like youngers. Like there's nothing wrong with those shows, but that's the only thing. What, um, that is on air that's what makes it a problem like that's fine like everyone's got different tastes and it's fine but it's when it's like that's the only narrative that's that's when the issue comes up and it's like also why is there an obstacle to these kind of other narratives coming mm-hmm. up because if we've had it before then why was why all of a sudden has it gone mm-hmm. maybe there's the argument that people's taste has changed mm. we're into something else now I feel like it reminds me of um, Lupe Fiasco's Dumb It Down. There's like Dumb a line. Dumb It Down, yeah. Makes me, there's, yes. a, there's a line where it says, oh, they're, they're starting to believe in them. I can't remember the 
exact lyrics right now, but it's like basically they're starting to believe in themselves. They're starting to get better at school. Yeah. You know, things are, they're changing for the better, but that's bad because then we're not going to enjoy anymore. So dumb it down. Yeah, dumb yeah. it down, dumb it, dumb it all the way down. Who wants lazy humor though? Who wants the boring humor? People that don't want well, to think. It's not even. It's not even just about comedy. Who wants like boring, yeah. same story, estate, drugs, cheats on girlfriend, like whatever, whatever. I honestly can't watch those things anymore. It's like there's it's so, seriously. It's like, like it's there's so no boring. appeal. It's like I've seen this before, and it's interesting because um, I have a lot of friends who work in TV and are writers, and I have a friend who like submitted a show to the BBC, and they really liked it. But they're like, oh, we've already got a show that is like in that same setting so we can't put it out um because we've really got to show that and it just it will feel like visually because of where it's set too similar. it's too similar but yet you can put out so many things about estates do you know what i mean yeah. or you can put out so many things about it's always also it's always black people who are young and in school uniforms like a lot of the time as well mm-hmm. like what about a show that's about like 30 year old black people who are like some young adults yeah young like 30 year olds or four i don't know like do you know what i mean like there's no nuance it's always young black people and they're always like in school or they're like I'm at what you said about sorry, I'm shocked at what you said about the the, the setting. So, fam, EastEnders is around a pub. Coronation Street, there's pub there. Emmerdale, there's pub. That's uh-uh. what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. There's always Holly an excuse Oaks. when we there's wanna... pub. Everyday pub and white people. That's the that's the genre of the of the of the things. Yeah. I'm shocked. I can't believe because that's what I'm saying. There's always an excuse National when TV. like you want to bring something out that's got black people. And it's like, oh, we've done that before, but like, but you haven't though. Yeah, anyways, it's just interesting. Um, it's, it's, it's really interesting to hear the excuses that people come up with and I just think it really just shows like the anti-black attitude that people have in this mm. country because that's really what it is like like you said there's how many that's what I'm saying like um I've also heard people tell me about like strolling and stuff and acting saltfish like mm. black people only make up three percent of the country or whatever it is of the country uh, therefore uh, how many sorry world. how many <laughs> aliens are live in England none but like you can have Doctor Who and all these stupid sci-fi yes. shows how many people are police officers not a lot. How many people are doctors? <laughs> not a lot. How many people are yeah. in pubs? Right. Work in pubs? Not a lot. But yeah, we have bare shows about pubs. So many shows about. We have doctors. We have yeah, Casualty, so Holby City. We have. Yeah. Like Holby we, City and Casualty are the, the same show, fam. I actually thought it was the same show. That's what I'm saying. Time. We have The Bill. Yeah. We had Taggart. We've got all these little detective shows, one after the other, one after the other. Like, that's what I'm just saying. Like, you have to just realize that these excuses are just like. It's just another reason why you're not allowed to exist because they'll tell the same story about white people all the time yeah Anyways, tell me about yeah. tell me about the Sorry, funding the funding for they don't want to fund us man <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to fund us it's cool we're still gonna do it anyway they don't want to fund us it's all right um how are you reaching out to people for don- donations and stuff we're just reaching out to the people who watch right now it's like it's just gonna be a slow and slow process that's what happens um it just always upsets me that like someone was willing to pay money to make a film called Shank and Skep, but like can't get can't, I can't get ten pounds from anyone like from any of these people who fund anyway. But anyway, it's just you know what this is. Um, you have to realize that um, in terms of funding, it's an institution like anything else, and all institutions mm. in this country are like capitalist, white supremacist, patriarchal based, and like they're just not here for certain things. Um, they just want to make money. Um, White supremacist, that's quite strong. Bell hooks. Gotta read your bell hooks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's we I just gotta call it what it is. We like to say racism because we're scared to say what it is because um we're scared. You don't wanna say white supremacist, that's what it is. That's what racism is. It's it's people of colour who are brown 
being oppressed so what is that that's white people being favored mm-hmm. white people being seen as superior it's white supremacy that's mm-hmm. what it is that's what we're, okay. that's what the society is built upon um i always i obviously stolen that term from bell hooks she always calls she always um she says i think it's like cis heteronormative um white supremacist capitalist imperialist patriarchy that's like what how that's how she that's the term she uses to explain like the systems that govern society um i definitely agree with that term i think it's great i love the way she's so direct with it like let's stop being scared of just saying what it is it's not racism because black people aren't oppressing white people do you know what i mean brown people aren't Mm -hmm. oppressing um lighter skinned people it's it's always it's like that um that um that shirt that thingy had on andre 3000 he's oh. like the darker why are always the darker the people that suffer the most suffer the most That's yeah it. anyways um so anyway yeah funding's an institution and it's governed by the same things that the educational institutions are governed by and um and everything else the corporate institutions whatever it's the same old thing um so it's just really hard to get funding and um especially when you're doing it from an independent standpoint and you're not kind of willing to compromise on your content but mm, mm, that's just is what it is mm. there are other people out there in other countries who are willing to fund things so you just kind of have to like realize that your only option isn't the bbc and it's not mm-hmm. channel four um, right. and then maybe one day they will be open to it but like whatever um yeah it's hard to get funding just in general anywhere like aside from aside from do, aside from doing anything that's like very honest and controversial aside from doing anything as well black people it's just hard to get funding anyway even yeah. if you're just doing a show about sarah and jane and like their just life do- it's just hard anyway so sarah it's just a hard thing to do because mm-hmm. um they're cutting a lot of funding for arts anyway in general yeah. with the conservatives and stuff um mm. but um do you it's think, hard for everyone, I do think. Do you think strolling could possibly take off in somewhere that's a bit more diverse, like Canada or something? Or Possibly, possibly. But how diverse is Canada? Because aren't, quite... aren't they having kind of racial issues uh, of yeah. their own at the moment with the whole Nobel Prize um, winner? Because isn't she not Canadian? There was a, basically, there was oh, a, a big billboard yeah. of the Nobel Prize winner. I can't yeah. remember mm. her name right now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Malala, something like that. Malala. Um, Malala. Malala, yes. Uh-huh. And there was posters and basically people had, um, they defaced it, they oh. ripped it down, really? they wrote like uh, racist um, slander on it and mm. she'd gone around, like she'd had to go around with her aunt, like driving around to rip these posters oh. down. Oh, um, that's this, really sad. Wasn't that in yes, Toronto? Yeah. So I'm like, mm, even Canada. It's everywhere. Okay. It's everywhere. Mm. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to see on TV. We'll see. But it's a thing where it's like, regardless it's gonna happen anyway i'll just do it online mm-hmm. like we've seen how many people have um who've managed to just create their own things online and it's done wonders and maybe gotten them to do things that are offline but to be honest we're in a, like a digital age like being online isn't the worst thing ever like no. i pretty much don't ever watch tv mm. like yeah, i honestly yeah. don't watch tv so i always i always want to see what's on youtube um so i don't really think it's a it's not a disadvantage to be to have to do your stuff online um i think more and more those big um, channels and programmers are realizing that and trying to create stuff that is online. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I do think though, like looking at the amount of people that have like watched the trailer and watched individual episodes of Strolling Alone, like if every one of those people just donated like literally fifty p or one pound, yeah, it'd make a huge like, difference. Nothing more, one pound or fifty p, your choice. For real, like funding would be no problem. Like, yeah. I feel like uh, we're always taught 
to like support bigger companies like you know sky and they're more established yeah more established that like, we forget that you know it's the people that you're here with now that will one day be up there and it's like and they don't care don't, about you do you know what i mean sky yeah. one don't care about you bbc don't care about you channel four doesn't care about you even do itv or anyone else do you know what i mean anything we've ever RTV enjoyed we're just care. like we're not even an afterthought we just happen to like it like do you know what i mean like they don't no one creates something and thinks about people that look like us and wants us to watch it. Um, really, I don't think. Unless it's like one of these stupid, not stupid shows, but one of these single story shows where they think, oh, that'll grab that. But I don't even think that's for us. I think that's for people who like to see black people in a certain way. Yeah. Because you have to wonder why is that all you want to put out? I think yeah. it's because white people enjoy seeing black people as gangsters and as thugs and drug dealers. So I don't even think that's for us. Mm. I just think... You have to support people who actually care about you and want to create something that you will enjoy because these people don't care at all about what you want to see on TV and what you want to see in the cinema or just anything to do with your life. They really don't care about you. Like, how how did you get that? Like, where's that impression come from? Life, <laughs> twenty two years of life. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, life and my experiences so far in trying to create these kind of things pretty much because a lot of broadcasters would say oh yeah we have groups of young people come in and we talk to them about what they want and no, i've been on yeah i can't it's like it's hard because you can't always can't always say everything but um no, yeah. i've you have to, i think we give people we don't give people enough credit like the people who own the bbc or own whatever it's not even just the bbc we're talking about like it's anyone anyone who owns the channel like they're not stupid like they're very intelligent people do you know what i mean that's how they've got to where they are they are aware of the same things that we're aware of um they're obviously just really good at kind of maneuvering their way around it so that they they're always got like their back covered so like a lot of these channels will have like um what's it called bme or bame what's that like black and minority ethnic or something like that they have yeah. like they'll have yeah, like little yeah, outreaches yeah. yeah to but like can they not already see that's the problem you shouldn't yeah. have to do that yeah. why do you not hire <laughs> why do you yeah. already not have people doing that like the fact that we have to do that is already an issue and it's kind of, i always just think that is that's a temporary measure but what are you doing at the core of it to solve the core issue because you shouldn't have to have a minority outreach of writers and directors and actors, do you know what I mean? And there shouldn't have, like, identity drama school that used to, it's not anymore, it used to be a black drama school. Mm. Why did they have to create that? That's that's really what the issue is. Why mm. have people had to, yeah, they stopped, yeah, and, and identities now opened up to all, all, sh- all everyone. And now mm. loads mm. of the black actors can't get work. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, whatever, whatever, Let's whatever. Do um, you think it works to a black mm. person's mm. advantage? Though? To be oppressed? No, to have... <laughs> No, <laughs> to, have, to have those things set up so no. they can. No, because it's only set up because we're oppressed. It's only set up because we're disadvantaged. If we weren't disadvantaged, we wouldn't need that. No, that's so true, it's a temporary that, measure, though. but like they're not doing anything what for the that? permanent um, like resolution. That's my issue. Like yeah. they just think, okay, yeah. we it's temporary. Every every six months, we have a workshop where we invite five black people <laughs> to come to our thing. That means we're not racist, but like, what are you really doing at the core of it? So I just, they're not doing anything. In the other six months of the whatever they do, do you know what I mean? I just think take it's... white people. Um... What about like BT awards <laughs> and stuff like that? They're quite positive things. BT got bought by white people, so we already know that's a, what happens when black people create something that's good. It gets bought out by white people. Choice of them. Mm-hmm. 
Choice FM and what was that? what's it called? Um, One Extra. Extra. Yeah, anything that, that black people create, that uh, it just gets bought out, and then it's not for us anymore, is it? Because it's not controlled by black people. Mm-hmm. And also, there's also the the um, the complicated part that not all black people are trying to dismantle those structures. You can't assume everyone who's got brown skin is aware, aware, and yeah. even if they are aware, that they want to change it. Some yeah. people are like, I don't care if capitalism is bad, and that and that also. Um, helps perpetuate racism I just want to get rich I just want to make money Some so do you know what I mean it. some people don't even see yeah that. like there's people out there who will create things yeah. um, and it's not really to help people but um, BET I just I'm just not here for it anymore really to be honest like yeah, I thought just, they tried they tried they tried and they're then I, I don't watch BET so yeah I, don't, I, I actually don't watch television to I be honest I wouldn't I'd really never turn on the TV it's just, like, just I mean like as in the channel itself oh, oh. And no, I don't. But I don't again, it. it's like it's. I think it's like you have to realize that these things. It's more than that. Like it's not just like a channel. Like there's so much yeah. politics that goes behind that. The fact that it got bought out, that a channel called Black Entertainment Television got bought <laughs> by white people, mm. <laughs> and the fact that they had to create a, a channel called Black Entertainment yeah, Television. Do you know what I mean? It's just like. I think we have to like look to the root of these things. You can't just look at it on the surface. I was having this discussion the other day, and somebody was like, "Oh, I, like yeah, you've got you've got your own television." Uh, hey, like, one, you, you have yours too. It's called BBC. It's called ITV. It's called Channel, Channel Four. Like Channel, it's every. Channel it's called every channel and every film and everything. And we have one little BET that's that's marketed towards African Americans. These times, there's black people in Sweden. Black people in France, black people in England, like it doesn't represent all of us. So it's just like that's not enough. I think it's really interesting actually how people think if you put something African American out there, then you cater to all black people like we're all the same. As if as if all African American people are the same and then as if they're the only black people that exist. Like there's a lot of other experiences like Caribbean, African, Mm. British, French just on this topic like i miss trouble just seeing those trouble um, was those positive representations that hurt when that of, went that really hurt because it was like families. that one ray of hope of, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't even it was, wasn't it was so inadequate but it was like you know what at least i can watch Fresh prince at least i can watch my and kids mm-hmm. then it's just gone one-on-one girlfriends mm-hmm. girlfriends, like, girlfriends. Was that yeah that was that was the those are the little crumbs that we got and then that had to go as well but they were so american why? they were american port- yeah it's all like american of, you know family life but there was no, there, other than Desmond's, that we didn't really have any. Like, literally, Desmond's was the only portrayal of, like, black family life that we had, like, as a TV show in the UK. And I'm just like, but, but oh, there's so many different kinds of black mm-hmm. families, like, mm-hmm. so yeah. many different dynamics. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that not being shown? Yeah. Why, does, why don't and we I, get yeah, that too? It's ridiculous. And I think Americans it's interesting different that mm-hmm. it's like... Shades. Yeah, different shades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Also, because a lot of the shows that we see on TV are based in London, and we make like minority people. I hate that word. We're not minorities, but anyways, black yeah. people of color. Like we make up fifty percent of London. I don't see fifty percent of shows about London mm-hmm. with people of color. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to me. Um, boy, like I said, it's like that we shouldn't have to like have certain numbers to be on TV anyway, because like aliens don't exist yet. You got that on TV, and like I said, doctors, it's true. police, yeah. all this kind of stuff, like. That's that's an excuse. That's another illogical, irrational excuse. Just because mm. they don't want you to be on TV, they don't want you to be seen, they don't want you to exist. Really, that'd be better if we didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> it would. It'd be easier. They don't have to do all this that's crap. True. It would be easier. Let's just that's be real. Like, yeah. what are they gonna do? This is the f- and this is the other thing. I I think that I've wanted to get out of through strolling. Mm. 
what you're scared will happen when you speak the truth is happening anyway yeah exactly. so people will be like oh my gosh but you want to be a filmmaker like you can't say that about bbc because what if you want to have your show on bbc i don't have a show on the bbc now <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not gonna have it tomorrow i'm not gonna have it whether i don't say it or if i do say it do you understand what i'm saying like yeah. what you're scared will happen to you is already happening to you probably mm-hmm. so you're scared to say something about whoever it is or whatever the situation is but it's probably already happening to you that is that okay that is the whole carrot and stick thing where you have this like this carrot in front of you um on this and then there's a stick behind you and you keep thinking oh i'm nearly there i'm nearly there and you're so scared to like um to veer out of that lane because you're like the carrot's just there but like you're never gonna get it Mm -hmm. like you might as well just say what you want to say um yeah so that's how i feel about like i don't feel like people should be silent about these things like why not imagine if everyone who felt the way they felt just said something instead of just being scared and just saying it to their family and friends yeah I just yeah i just feel like well, 2014 like you're already not gonna all the things you're scared of are already happening so might as well speak and be scared Mm, or J Lord, that's my bae. She taught me. That's my bae. That's your bae. Do you have anything um, that you want to leave this interview saying? I don't know. Anything key that you want to get out of it? Speak your truth. Speak your truth, man. Like, don't be scared. What are you scared of? It's probably already happening. <laughs> probably gonna happen anyway. Even if you are scared, like, look at all the people and think oh. about all the other people that are there with you. Has anyone been watching what's happening in Ferguson? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, Cornel West. Does everyone know who Cornel West is? Yes. If you don't, Cornel West is like a genius. He's like a professor at Princeton, and yeah, like yeah. he worked at Yale. Went he, he went to Ferguson, and bruh. he got arrested. Bruh. He got arrested for civil disobedience, and this is I'm, why I'm saying this. Yeah, it's because we're taught to like if you ascribe to respectability politics and you do all the right things, then you'll get to where you want to be. So if you work hard, Emma, stop complaining. I mean. <laughs> it's like yeah you guys stop, stop complaining um and just work hard and then you'll get there it's like no because you have these kind of examples of people like him who they've gone through the system they've gone through um, the institutions they've yeah. worked hard they play by the rules doesn't me- make any difference my man got arrested by the police in ferguson he's like <laughs> he's a g he's a g he's value. so famous he's so he's so into like he's cornell west like he's it's just ridiculous um so it's just all i'm saying is that like um there's no point being scared because if cornell west can get arrested (laughs) in ferguson like i don't know there's so many examples of people who play by the rules and yeah they get to where they want to get to but it doesn't stop them having the reality of what it means to be a black person in this world yeah so i just think i guess the last thing to say is just like you might as well just speak instead of being scared because gonna happen anyway do you know what i mean and how can you get involved in strolling donate 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 if you want to donate to strolling the website is donate.sasilamike.com you can just google my name and probably find it um you can donate literally anything would help anything would help um if people want to be in it like i mean just email me like i'm open but like i said it is like 10 p.m it's um yeah you can't like I'm only one person, so I can't like for yeah. everyone. But yeah, like if you want to get involved, just holla yeah, donate, holla, get involved. We'll do it. We'll make it happen. Yeah, man. Cool. Oh, yeah. Thank you for this interview. Thank, Thank you. you. Do you want to say your names again, just to remind us and go through? I'm Cecile. I'm Michelle Tewen. I'm Vanessa Baviri. Thank you. You have been listening to the Electric Cave podcast. 
This has been Electric Culture Strolling.